Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And I forgot, Matt remembered, that the college football playoff title game is coming up. <laughs> so we should probably talk well, about that. Yes, we should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, uh, you're in your busy time, as we just discussed off record. So that may be why it's not on your minds. But uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, four days away now. We're going to crown a champ. We've got the Lending Tree Bowl and the Armed Forces Bowl out of the way. Uh, and now it's time to, you know, have a national title game and close the book on the 2019 season. So as we look ahead to this Alabama list title game. Yeah, first one <laughs> since, the, since the first playoff title game, Ohio State and Oregon went back in the day. You've got LSU playing in New Orleans, which, as you and I have looked, is not a far drive. It is not. It is not, no. Effectively hosting the multi-time champion Clemson Tigers. Yes, yes. Uh, two of the last three, and they've played in now four out of five title games. So we talk Alabama, Clemson has been equally as impressive in this playoff era. If LSU doesn't win, I will be surprised. Now, LSU's favored... By five and a half, but ESPN.com's yeah. matchup predictor, which we all know is according to ESPN's football power <laughs> index, uh, yeah. has Clemson as the slight favorite. I I just think it's it's so close, and this LSU team, it's the opposite of all the other LSU teams. It is. And, and I know Clemson's good, and they've been there before, and you know, Trevor Lawrence has now had a close game that he won. Yes. So that's he has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had to had to bring a team back from a you know, a deficit to fourth quarter drive. Um you know, but I mean I I'm with you, you know, it just it kind of feels like this has been LSU's year all along. You know, you go back to week two when they beat Texas uh, you know, in that game in Austin. Texas didn't turn out to be that good, but, um, you know, it just like felt a little special at that time. And, and then they've just strung together wins and, you know, they, they beat Auburn, they won at Alabama, uh, they, they beat Florida in a, you know, big national TV game. They pounded Georgia. They obviously obliterated Oklahoma. Um, it, it just, you know, they've won all these awards. They've, you know, they've got the breakout quarterback and, you know, it just feels like it's been their year and it gets to be capped off with a, a you know, almost home game for the title but who knows you know i mean like clemson thrives on being able to play that like uh, nobody believes in us card it's not true lots of people believe in them but uh that's a powerful motivator and if they can use that again maybe that's what they need to do lsu has only had one game this year where they scored under 30 points that was their win auburn, against right. auburn 23 20 yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you you look at what Auburn did to them, and it's pretty notable. Uh, you know, I mean, we that was the day that you and I were at Alabama, so we didn't see a lot of that game. But uh, I mean, it, it jumps out when you look at how successful their offense has been. That Auburn held them in check uh, and shows you how good that Auburn defense was. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, nobody else has been able to do it. Um, Georgia had a great defense, and they. Had some success against him, and then the, you know the dam broke in the second half. Basically, um, Alabama really couldn't get a stop when they needed one. Had several opportunities in the second half, couldn't do it. Oklahoma, obviously, you 
was blown out of the water in the first half. So not many teams have had much success against them. And, you know, if you're Clemson, I guess you're looking at what Auburn did, try to replicate that as best as possible. One thing we talked about with Clemson is they weren't really challenged this year, and how would they respond to their first real yeah. tough opponent with Ohio State? Um, they got hit in the mouth, and they came back. They did. They did. Yeah, I mean, sixteen nothing down, and, and it could have been worse. And they looked like they, you know, were reeling. And they answered, and you know, got back in the game by halftime, and then you know, made the plays late to win the game that Ohio State didn't make. The statement I made going into the LSU Oklahoma game holds true here. I think you can't get down early because. LSU, if they get up 16 nothing, they're not done scoring for two quarters. No, you no, know? yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not the way they've been at least, yeah. So I'm picking LSU. I'm going to say 45-38. Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, I, you know, when we did the playoff picks ahead, I – I, you know, I picked LSU and Clemson, and I said I would probably have picked Clemson if not for the title game being in New Orleans. Um, and I guess I'm sticking with that. Uh, you know, I mean, it just feels like, again, kind of the last little, you know, good fortune. And, and I'm not saying they've been lucky, but, uh, you know, the last fortune smiling on them is getting to play this title game in New Orleans in their backyard, basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll go a little lower scoring. I always feel like, you know, championship games you, you know you come out a little edgy and you know teams kind of struggle to find a flow often um and so I'll, I'll i'll go uh i'll go 31 to 27 not low scoring by any means but maybe not a, a you know incredibly efficient offense for either team right away at least um so lsu is both of our picks clemson not going to be shocked either of us if Clemson wins because we both had it as no. a one-score game. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I think it's a, a you know, it's, it's a game that feels like it could go either way, but uh, it just feels like LSU here. But yeah, no, I, I definitely would not be stunned if Clemson won. I don't think LSU is an overwhelming favorite. Uh, I mean, Clemson's won 29 games in a row, so they, they uh, shouldn't be stunned if they win a game, obviously. Let's now talk about what I think is the second most anticipated game of the 2020 calendar year, and that is the 2020 Egg Bowl, because (laughs) Lane Kiffin now has somebody standing across the sidelines from him who might be the perfect foil. Mike Leach has left Washington State for Mississippi State, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I could not be happier about that game. It'll be fun, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it, it's certainly you know what these two hires have done. I don't know if it's going to make the program better. The jury's out on that, but it's made it more interesting. Uh, there's, there's no arguing that. I mean, uh, you, you know, you go from a, a rivalry that has certainly been edgy, um, you know, with with some fights and celebrations and you know, uh, the a lot of celebration that cost you the game this exactly, year. Exactly, yeah, it cost you the game, cost the coach the job. Um, you know, in, in part at least, um, and, and both coaches end up losing their job. And, you know, and then Mississippi State, you know, 
as their quarterback get you know punched out by a teammate in practice before a bowl game, and he misses the bowl, and that you know played a big part in Morehead getting canned. I mean, the, the two programs have already had some circus elements, and now you bring in two coaches who you know don't shy away from the circus element. They um, are the so, they are the big top. They are the central they are, ring now. They are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and look, they both they both also bring with them um, productive and entertaining offenses. Uh, you know, both of them have, have uh, I mean, Lane Kiffin has had his foibles as a head coach, both, you know, college and pro. Uh, but more often than not, his teams have been good offensively at Florida Atlantic. The one year at Tennessee was, just, you know, they were surprisingly successful. USC, the year they were banned from a bowl, they, you know, they went 11 and one and started the next year preseason number one. They fell on their face after that. But, um, you know, he has had success offensively. And, and, you know, Leach, obviously, the, I mean, the track record speaks for itself. Texas Tech, Washington State, uh, every year it's a quarterback throwing for 5,000 yards and a team that, you know, can score 50 points in their sleep, it seems like. I think it's worth noting that Washington State, under Paul Wolf won nine games in five seasons. Yeah. Under Mike Leach, they made five consecutive bowl games. Yeah, he did well there. He really did, and and uh, it was a good fit for him. But you you know you wonder with Mike Leach if he's a guy who just wears out his welcome eventually because of how weird he is, uh, and and uh, you know like if there was ever a place that was created for him to be there forever, it was Pullman. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like it was it just you know it was kind of getting stale. Uh, they had a great year last year, um, but you know they they. They missed their chance to win the Pac-12, and they lost to Washington. And then this year, it was a little disappointing, you know, and, and it just uh, it just feels like it was time to move on. Um, of course, he signed an extension, you know, slightly over a month ago. Shows you how important coach extensions are. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's also an interesting fit for him there because, you know, Starkville isn't altogether that different than Lubbock and Pullman. They're off the beaten path. Uh, they're programs that, you know, are going up against the big boys in their conference and will always sort of feel like the little brother trying to beat the big brother. Possibly uh, even in their state. Exactly, know. yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, you know, at Texas Tech, he was button heads with Texas and Oklahoma when when both programs were really good. You know, Stoops and Mac Brown had both programs at the top of their games, uh, and he was winning a lot of games. You know, obviously – you know, Pac-12 has had a mixed bag of success while he was at Washington State, but he, you know, he hung with Washington and Oregon and Stanford when when all of them have had success during that time. Um, and now he goes to the SEC where he's got to compete with you know Alabama, LSU, Auburn in, in the same division. Three programs that have you know played for national titles over the last six years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it doesn't get any easier. But you know, you, again, what you know from him is they're going to score a lot of points. And they're going to be entertaining, and he's going to be weird. And and uh, you know, will they win eleven or twelve games a year? I, I doubt it. But are they, you know, is he good enough to win eight or nine and pull some upsets and you know mess with the natural order? I think so, probably so. But, you know, you can see him authoring some big upsets there. Oh, for sure. Um, my favorite subtweet of this: Mike Leach posted the Will Ferrell cowbell. GIF. Did he? Did he? <laughs> and uh, Max Borgie, the running back for Washington State, retweeted it and said, Mood knowing I will be rushing more. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the 
interesting, obviously, as somebody, you know, Pac-12's uh, ties that, that we have, um, is who they get now and what becomes of that program, because you just pointed it out. Before he got there, they went through some really lean times. Um, and, you know, he got there and, and made them relevant, made them pretty good. Basically, uh, Drew know. Bledsoe, Ryan Leaf, the Mike Leach era. Yeah, That's... yeah. And, you know, I mean, Mike Price had a lot of success there. Um, and then he left for the SEC. Didn't work out that well. Um, you know, hopefully if Mike Leach coaches a game, I think it'll go better than Mike Price. I don't believe Mike Price ever coached a game officially, did he? And well, Alabama. I believe. Did he get fired but, before he got isn't, isn't that what brought the great quote from SportsCenter? If you're going to apply to be a head coach at a college, you should not lie about your coaching experience or your education. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I'm pretty sure I'm looking him up right now. I think Mike Price took that job and then got fired in the off season. Um, now he ended up back at he ended up back at UTEP. Mm-hmm. Yes, he never coached a game at Alabama officially. I'm looking at his record. He would never actually coached a game there. So if Mike Leach coaches one game in September, he's already ahead of his uh, you know predecessor there at Washington State. Um, but it was some lean years after Price left. Uh, and I, you know, gosh, I remember, you know, when we were in college playing Washington state and we didn't have some very good teams a couple of those years and beating Washington state was like, you know, no problem. Uh, they were the, you know, they were the JV opponent for everybody. And then Leach came in and made them good again. And so, you know, it's not an easy job. It's a, it'll be a tough task for whoever takes it. Um, since we're on the topic of college football in the PAC 12, I think that we should note ASU's recruiting just took off in the uh, bowl, high school All-American bowl season. Daniel Nada and Elijah Badger from Folsom both committed. Nada, the number two running back out of California. Badger, another receiver, 6'1", 185 to go with the 6'6", 220 Johnny Wilson from Calabasas. And then, of course, the final one was L.V. Bunkley Shelton from yeah, Juniper Serra. My, my new favorite receiver in the class by name is L.V. Yes. Bunkley Shelton. It's a great name. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, we'll we'll uh, hopefully have some fun discussing him for the next three to five years. But this class, now it is light on linemen, and that is concerning to me. Yeah. They've yeah, got a, they, they... a guard – from Mesa Red Mountain and a center from Lompoc yeah. in California and that's it on the offensive line. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's an area that certainly you hope by the February signing day there's, you know, one or two more high school and then Herb has, you know, been vocal, you know, hasn't hidden their intentions of going to get you know, transfers. Um, and apparently there's an A and M kid that isn't official but it's all all but official that he's coming here um and you know howler keeps alluding to the fact that you know there's one or two others that they feel pretty good about and you know feel like that's probably howler knowing something but you know it's not official so he can't go on record with it uh, he is so, very yeah. good about that he doesn't he ever is. blow a story early he doesn't he doesn't i, I noticed uh i think it was i can't remember who he was talking about um but i just read it not too long ago he said something about how it might have been about Likens, 
that, you know, life has told him in July that they weren't going to have Zach Robertson for a period of time. Well, that was, that made no news, no news until the opening game, basically, or, you know, until opening practice, I should say. And then it was like, ah, TBD, and then we never, you know, he never came back. So, yeah, I mean, obviously Haller has done a good job of, you know, establishing rapport with the coaches, and they give him things off the record, at least initially. So, you know, hopefully that's the case, because, yeah, that's the, look, there's, there's, uh, you look around at the skill positions, you got the quarterback, you think, in place. I mean, he was really good as a freshman. You bring in these two big-time running backs. You bring in all, you know, four highly regarded receivers to go with the guys you've already got. There's no excuses from a skill position standpoint, but it all it all rides on that offensive line getting better. Um, and, you know, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you can't block the other team, that talent isn't going to be as productive as they should. So that's the area that really, you know, hopefully gets better in the next six, seven months before we start fall practice. Yeah. So you can't have too many skill position guys because as we've seen between injuries and a desire to be the man, you're going to lose some with the attrition. But could you imagine if this became like the Ruggs Judy recruiting class? Oh, man. I mean, uh, you know, that'd be a dream. Obviously, you know, if you have that kind of success, uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, who knows? Um, that's that's ideal world, um, and, and, you know, you hope so, yeah. Uh, you know, I, of course I read, and this is just like classic fan, you know, uh, you know, we get the Bunkley Shelton kid, he was the last one to commit, and, uh, you know, I read people on Twitter, you know, oh, we're just getting all these guys, and are, you know, two of them will end up leaving. Like, oh my God, stop being a Debbie Downer. Like, you know, do, do you want the big-time recruits or not? Good Lord. I'd, I'd rather have the four four-star yeah. receivers come in yeah. than have yeah. two and have two leave. Right. I mean, it's just like getting the three quarterbacks last year. Yeah, was it pretty likely that, I mean, certainly a quarterback, that all three were not going to finish their ASU, their college careers at ASU? Yes. And obviously that's now 100% sure because Joey Allen's gone. He committed but, to pitch. He did, and, and good luck to him. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, bear no ill will toward him. But you know, like that's the thing with recruiting—they're not all going to work out. You know that. I mean, yes, in a dream world, uh, these four end up like Rugs and Judy and Devontae Smith, and they all work out, and they all you know get drafted in the NFL, and they help us win conference titles. But most likely, that's not going to be the case. Just being being realistic, most likely they will not all work out. So you hope that by getting four of them. That two or three of them do, and then you're in really good shape at that position for hopefully the next three years. Uh, you know that's that's got to be the attraction there. And you know you don't turn down good players because you know you've got enough. You never do. You well, never and it's enough. also the same. You know, they had a three man quarterback class last year, but the best guy was the third guy. You right. keep going. Right. You know, Daniels exactly. lined up the starter. Daniels was the last well, to sign. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, and, and what was, you know, and again, I, I know I'm basing it off, you know, anonymous fan on Twitter, but I remember when, you know, when we were going after Daniels and it was, oh, what are you doing? Why are you going after another quarterback? You, you already got to, you know, why would you do that? Well, I think we found out why, right? Because, you know, he was the best of the three. He was the starter. And he, you know, sure glad now that we did go after him. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Fans are just never happy. And I know that. I mean, you know, no, no, uh, no, 
being is more discontented than college football fans. It seems like they, they always know better than everything. Um, but Hey, I'm, I'm happy with what we've done. You know, yes, I definitely, the offensive line is an area that you want to see that get better in this, you know, second group of signings. Um, and hopefully it will, but, uh, I'm, I'm excited. You know, I mean, with, with the quarterback we've got for the next two years at least, and then you bring in the guys, you know, the young guys we had this year, the freshmen that we have coming in, it's very exciting what lies ahead, hopefully, for this offense. Yeah. And at running back, uh, Trainum's already on campus, the Ohio yeah. kid, and signing Nada, you got to feel good that, you know, you're not going to replace Eno no. right away with one guy, but... With between Carter and these two, yes, you would flowers. Hope. You know, you never know what he brings. I mean, he played some in the bowl game, obviously. So, yeah, you got you got enough options there that yeah, you hope that again, you know, a couple of them emerge and give you reliable backs next year and, and going forward. Um, replacing Eno is not going to be easy. Uh, he was, you know, the the foundation of our offense certainly two years ago. And even this past year, when he didn't have as good a year, he still had a pretty good year. Um, but yeah, you got enough players there that you feel like, all right, you know, there's there's a chance there to be successful. From the positive to the negative, ASU basketball not good. No, blown no, out by Arizona. No. Dropped the St. Mary's and Creighton games with a. High-scoring yeah. victory over Texas Southern, sandwiched in between. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, look, it's, it's, you know, we're not even at mid-January yet. And, you know, nothing is set in stone about this season. Uh, you know, we're, we're right about the halfway point. And, you know, you go to the flip side, the last two years, at this point of the year, we were ranked. And, you know, it's like, oh, boy, we're headed for really good things. And both years we tailed. And so things can change. But, yeah, this this team just doesn't seem to have it. Uh, it you know, it, it's going to take an identity change, you know, a, a flip of what we've seen for the for the first 14 games, for the most part, for this team to turn it on and, and make a run at, at, you know, getting to the tournament, which shouldn't have been the case, I don't think. I mean, it's disappointing. I felt like, you know, this was a team good enough to make the tournament, and sure, it doesn't feel that way right now. The crazy thing to me about this, and maybe it's good, maybe this is the glass half full view I'm going to have to take, <laughs> we're only losing Edwards and Mitchell off this team. This is going to yeah, be who it is yeah. next year. Yeah, and, and, and you know, maybe that is Plus Bagley. I mean, it, Plus Bagley. Plus Bagley, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's funny because I, I remember, I have no idea when, but sometime in the offseason, we were talking about ASU basketball, and I remember saying I thought that, you know, the two key guys this year, whether we would take a step or not, was Tayshaun Terry and Kamani Lawrence. And so far, not great for either. Not horrible. You know, they have neither one has been, you know, a disaster, but neither one has shown the market improvement that I felt like they needed to. And then you combine that with Rob Edwards totally losing his shooting touch. Um, and, well, and, and we're not you know, moving no, the ball. No, you yeah, know, exactly. Remy Martin's leading the team in assists, averaging less than four a game. Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, and Alonzo Verge is, you know, a willing shooter, but, you know, he's shooting 20% from three. Right, right, Cherry's right, shooting yeah. under 25%. Lawrence is under 20 
which was supposed to be, you know, a strength of this team. That was what we thought, at least, you know, was, well, okay, you know, we're not going to be as big. We're losing Cheatham. But, you know, Dork wasn't a big guy, but he could score inside. You know, we, we'd be more of an outside shooting team, more like two years ago. And this team just has not shown that touch at all. Not at all. Yeah, really, the only guys who are consistently scoring are Romello White inside when he's yeah. active and not injured. Yeah, you know, and that's and it. Martin, Mar- yeah, uh, and Martin's, know, I mean, Martin's Martin's been pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm content with him. But yeah, you gotta have more than that. And, and yeah, I mean, you just look around and it's like you know, you're you're you don't have great outside shooting. Uh, you're struggling to score. You have one big, really, that's that you can count on. Uh, and you know, he's got hurt, but you know, even before when he's playing well, you only have one. Like, there's no real depth there. Um, it just feels like a team that is just missing it, uh, whatever it is. There, that you know, that little extra quality isn't there, um, and. It's disappointing because you know this is this is year five under Bobby Hurley. We should not be feeling like we're lacking in top end talent, but it feels like that right now. Well, maybe it's missing or misevaluating on guys. Yeah, but they just don't seem to play well together. Like, no, they they have a lot of oddly shaped pieces that don't fit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I mean that's that's a fair critique. I mean that the, the the odd thing for me is I've only been to one game in person this year, and it happened to be the game where they did play well together. Uh, you know that Georgia game is probably this team's best performance this year. Uh, they played well, and they you know they shot the ball well. Uh, they defended Anthony Edwards pretty well. Uh, you know they 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 opened it up in the second half. Uh, and, and, you know, I left that game thinking, okay, maybe this team has found itself. And what did they do four days later? Got absolutely housed by St. Mary's. But, you know, so it's like, I mean, whenever the, the one little, like, positive signs they've shown, they immediately go backwards right after. Yeah, well, and some of the, the problems that have been just a bugaboo of the Hurley tenure are – you know, magnified this season. We're shooting 67% from the free throw line. And if it's not House, Martin, Verge, or Edwards, and even Edwards is a little shaky. Right. You know, White's at 61%. And then, you know, Kyle Fate off the bench with his (laughs) two and a half minutes a game, he's, you know, three of four on free throws this year. Right. Right, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and when you're struggling to shoot, and this team has, having, you know, giving away points at the free throw line really hurts. Uh, I mean, you know, free throw shooting, you're right. I mean, we've talked about it. Has never been a strength under Bobby Hurley. It doesn't seem like it. I don't know if that's just a lack of emphasis or bad luck or whatever it is. Well, uh, it seems like our guys who... Something. Our guys who shoot free throws well don't get fouled. Right. And right. our guys who don't shoot them particularly well shoot a ton of free throws all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah like, so. Romello White has 60 free throw attempts. Yeah. He, Martin is first with 74. White is second on the team with 60. No one else has more than 33. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's just. 
I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that just doesn't seem to be a strength. And uh, again, a lack of size, uh, you know, and I, I mean, I know that college basketball has changed and, you know, and I mean, it's changed. It's not changing. It's changed in this regard that a lot of teams don't have size. Teams win titles with, you know, three or four guard lineups. Villanova did it. Um, you know, so it's one of those things that, you know, you don't necessarily need to have three seven footers, but just the lack of, of depth in there. I mean, and, and, you know, I didn't see the Arizona game because um, it was on Pac-12 Network, so how could I? But, you know, from what I read about it, they just they just pounded us inside. And that has been a consistent thing as well. You know, even going back to before Hurley, the struggles to just get good size to play defense and rebound at least. You know, no one's getting Patrick Ewing anymore. I get it. You know, guys, it, that's not the way the game is played. But just give me give me a couple guys who can defend and rebound inside. And this team has kind of struggled with that. Matt, you you've made a lot of good points, but I'm worried. You mentioned a thing, uh, Pac-12 network. I, I, is that does the Pac-12 yeah, no. have some sort of fledgling television network that's only I available in a handful that, of yeah. homes? Uh, 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 unfortunately, yes, uh, but not many. And and uh, you know, I, is it is can you still call it fledgling when it's been around for almost a decade? I don't know. I think now it's just struggling. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll yeah, you join know, you on that. Fledgling is, is kind of one of those, like, you know, backhanded compliments for something that's new and just trying to get off the ground. It's not new. And apparently they make no effort to get it off the ground. This is what it is. Like, you know, the uh, I read, the, you know, we were texting yesterday about the Pac-12 football schedule coming out, and I found John Wilner put a story up, and he led it with, you know, what's the, what's the question that, you know, I get asked more often than anything, you know, when will Pac-12 networks be on DirecTV? You know, never. Uh, the second question is, when does the football schedule come out? Yeah, it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. You know, doesn't. I, and there, the, know, the, the obstinate refusal to just join ESPN. Just, I know. You know, when the offer was there. Well, and that's the, the thing. Was there, you know, in the last year, uh, and and. They weren't interested, apparently. Well, that's the thing that they say. It's like, well, no, we don't need, we don't need this because live TV rights are becoming more and more valuable. Yes, right. but money is also valuable now. I don't, I know. I mean, they, they are, they are putting all their eggs in the basket of whatever it is, twenty twenty three or twenty four, whatever it is that the you know the, the rights are up for grabs. That that's going to be their windfall. That they're gonna they're gonna find a partner. To you know, and, and it's gonna prove so true that they did this, and you know, time will tell. Maybe it will. Maybe we'll have to eat our words at that point in time if they pull off this amazing deal they say they're gonna have. Uh, and you know, boy, the fact that they own these rights completely and they didn't bring in a partner is gonna be this great windfall for all the schools, and and you know, they'll be the ones laughing last. I don't know that I believe that, but you know. We'll find out when the time comes, I guess. Yeah. I don't believe it. I mean, it's hard to believe. Uh, you know, but until it until it happens, I guess, uh, or until it happens or doesn't happen, it's hard to say, you know, well, no, there's no chance of that. I mean, you know, hey, there's plenty of plenty of instances where we think something and we, we just talk about one. You know, the basketball team, oh, they're going to be a good outside shooting team. They're not. So, you know, thinking something and having it actually happen, not always the case. Yeah. Um, we'll see. We'll see. 
Well, we're one game into the conference season. It's not a complete lost cause, but it's no. We got games coming like, up here in about an hour. It's, um, it just feels like a season where we're sputtering, and no, it it's just it not quite does. right. And the rest of the conference, to to their credit, the rest of the conference is actually pretty good. Has improved. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, yeah, and that makes it even more so a worry when you're sputtering that you feel like, you know, is this season going to get away from us or we're going to finish under 500? I I think you start start worrying about that now if you're not already. Um, Because, yeah, you know, it's, I mean, we lost at Arizona. Now we're at Oregon State, Oregon. Well, Oregon State's not a pushover. Uh, You know, they beat Colorado last week on the road. And we've already seen Colorado, pretty good team. Um, and then Oregon, obviously, is a top 10 team. So, I mean, you, you could be looking at coming home 0-3. Then you start home game with Colorado, who's already beaten us. Uh, you know, and you just feel like, boy, this is there's not a lot of easy wins on the schedule as you look toward the beginning. And then do you just, you know, does it slip off the rails if that's what happens? Yeah. Because much like winning can get contagious, so yeah. can losing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's a test for old Bobby Hurley. Uh, again, last two years, you know, we started conference season with everybody patting us on the back. That didn't work out well. Uh, you know, this year, no one's patting us on the back. And and so maybe he can, maybe he can write the ship. I hope so. Because the, the ship is, is not on course right now. Uh, he needs to write it or else, you know, we're looking at an NIT type season. If that. Um, before we go, a little housekeeping. Due to uh, affairs of state, I will not be able to record probably for a few weeks. That also will mean not a lot of tweeting, not that we do a ton of tweeting anyway. Yes. But yes. Uh, if you miss us, we'll be back. And they say absence makes the heart grow fonder. And That's our right. audience has That's been right. absent for the first 243 of these. So. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, you know, based on what you said earlier, maybe we get one in before the Super Bowl. A little, little Super Bowl look ahead that week. Uh, if not, maybe, you know, at least after the Super Bowl, we'll get a, a, a recap and review of the NFL playoffs and all the happenings. And, and just one note, since we're talking a little NFL, no Patriots. How yeah. glorious is that? For the first time in, in six years, seven years, they're not going to make the AFC title game. For the first time in five years, they're not going to be in the Super Bowl. That's just wonderful. I love it. Brings a smile to my face. Um, one one thing, since we're not going to probably get to talk about the NFL as the playoffs go, I, I'm gonna yes. I'm just going to do it now for you. Uh, how about Lamar Jackson, right? And uh, and that Mahomes, he's something. <laughs> You know, yeah, and, and, and yeah. Kyle Shanahan, you, you know, Kyle Shanahan, what can you say about the job he's done with the fullbacks uh, yeah, and the, yeah. and those things? And I mean, Russell Wilson, just the everyman. So I, I feel like you're now covered for, for a lot of potential outcomes. Okay. Uh, There's a lot of sarcasm in that. I don't know what to say. I'm picking up sarcasm. Look, I, I'm I'm saying a lot of things, and you can take them either way. I'm addressing four teams, and I'm using a tone that that might not be legit, but it might be. Yeah. So no Are matter you, what I happens, mean, I'm right. I, I mean, <laughs> trust me, I'm I'm very aware of your sarcasm about San Francisco and Seattle. That's obvious. But are you are you down on Baltimore and Kansas City? Because that's the way it came across. 
No, I I actually think that it's the safer. I think they're going to win both of their games, and so I think it's the safer one to just bring them up. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think. I mean, if you look at the four this weekend, Kansas City feels like the best bet to me. Now, if we had talked NFL last week and we didn't, you, know, you would have heard me say I felt like New Orleans was the best bet last week, and I was clearly wrong. So who knows? Uh, you know, I I thought that was the easiest pick of the four, and I whiffed. Uh, so sorry, Kansas City. If I whiff again, it was it was my stench that did it to you. I think Ravens over the Titans. I think the Titans think so? had a week of patting themselves on the back, and Mike Vrabel's the greatest might coach. Be. Yeah. Might be, very, very well, might be. Uh, I guess I just I wasn't impressed by Houston. I mean, they won, they found a way to win, but they didn't look all that impressive. And Tennessee, you know, they they found a formula that works for them, and so I think Baltimore wins. But I, that one makes me a little bit more wary. I feel like, you know, I just don't see Kansas City losing to Houston at Arrowhead second time this year. They lost to him in the regular season, too, when they weren't, they weren't playing as well early in the year. So, And plus, I mean, doesn't it, you know, if you're Kansas City, you got to feel like the door has just swung wide open for you in a way. The nemesis Patriots are not there. You don't have to play them. You get the Texans at home, and you're in the AFC title game again. It's, it's all set up for you. Yes, they. That means they will not get their Bulls over Pistons moment, but they wouldn't. No, no. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it'll be a, a fun weekend. I love divisional weekend. That's uh, you know, uh, you got four games. You got all the best teams in play. Wild card weekend was sure fun. I mean, all four games came down to the wire. Two went to OT. Um, and, you know, so it'll be fun and. Then uh, we'll, we'll reconvene again either shortly before the Super Bowl or after and, and discuss everything that's happened since. Yes, we will. In the meantime, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.